Hey, Ninja Riders, this is Shanta, and this is my very first ever podcast. As you can tell, I don't have good uh, lighting or anything fancy, but I do have Rachel Thompson here, and she is amazing. Aww. She is a um, memoirist, best-selling author, and a book marketer, so she's on my very first podcast guest ever. I'm excited. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So I had a book launch on March 24th, which may possibly have been the worst Tuesday of all time to ever have a book launch. Yeah. Uh, a middle grade book called Center of Gravity that was um, released by Macmillan, um, Free Fywell and Friends, which is a Macmillan imprint and uh so i thought and then rachel has um self-published books mm -hmm. oh i can like everything but everything. i'm back to hybrid author yeah she does you do have self-published books i do now yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so i thought that we could start out because you said you had some thoughts for me about marketing during this mm -hmm. um unusual time in history uh yeah. If anybody watching this in the future, not, not aware, March uh, 24th, 2020 was right at this start of, um, of a nationwide, worldwide shutdown because of the coronavirus. So uh, exactly zero bookstores are open in the United States and probably anywhere. It's Every so event that my book was supposed to be at has been canceled. Um, even Amazon is prioritizing everything other than books right now. So yeah. oof, not, not the most fun time to have a book launch. And because my books are traditionally published, I didn't have any, I couldn't make a decision to hold off or cause I've sold the rights to my book. So they just published. Yeah. You, you don't have any control over that. I don't know. I'm curious what your thoughts are on how somebody who has a book launching right now, what they can, or who has had a book launch during this yeah. quarantine time, like what can they do? Yeah. Well, I, it's interesting because I've, I've actually had, I had one client who launched their book, same as you. Um, and they had so many amazing event live events set up yeah. and literally everything had to be canceled and they, they're just so disappointed. They put the brakes on everything, <clears throat> which is a bummer. Um, and then I have uh, two traditionally published uh, authors, big authors with uh, Macmillan. One is with oh. Macmillan. Is that who you're with? Mine's Macmillan yeah. too. Yeah. 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 It's a children's book. Yeah, she's she's women's fiction with St. Martin's Press. Okay. And so, but she doesn't um, do a lot of in-person events anyway. She's already had 22 New York Times right. bestsellers. Well, I wouldn't have been at those in-person events, but my publisher would have been mm -hmm. there to market my book to librarians and my, my right. books are children, they're middle grade. So librarians are super important for my gatekeepers are important for my books and um exactly you know, my 10 year old readers are not generally buying their own books so yeah. um yeah school librarians are super important and, right. and getting them in catalogs that you know the right catalogs and stuff and all of that 
where my publisher would have been marketing my book it completely shut down right right and a lot of a lot of these folks are still working from home they're working remotely and having remote meetings and doing oh, yeah. these online conferences so a lot of that from the traditional side is still happening but if you're an indie author nothing is happening yeah. so that's where you know you have to i you have to get creative i'm doing a lot of online events anyway that i would have done regardless of whether I was home um, doing my work or if I was in this pandemic sort of situation, which nobody has ever planned for. So you have to adapt. And so the one author who said, I'm just stopping everything because I'm so disappointed and I just kind of can't get over it. He just couldn't get over the disappointment mm. of not being able to do these. I mean, we're talking like the Dallas socialite. He isn't, he's a, he's a physician, but these people were planning to have, you know, 500 people at their events and now they don't know that they'll be able to do those. So I understand right. his disappointment. Um, whereas with myself and, and the, the authors that I'm working with, I have a list of things that you either can be doing right now or you can plan to do hmm. depending on whether you're an indie or not. Some things you, you won't have control over if you're more traditionally published. Right. right. So um, I can go over some of those things right now. Yeah, That would be awesome. Okay. So some of the things that you can do right away, if you're an indie uh, or hybrid, depending on how much, um, control you have. And even some of the um, traditionally published authors are able to do this if they have a backlist is to take your book free or run a 99 cent promo. Mm -hmm. So two of my traditionally uh, published authors are doing this right now. They, they were able to talk to their publisher about taking their books 99 cents. One is a Kindle book, uh, Kindle, sorry, ebook of the month. Mm -hmm. um, his book got chosen. So normally it's $7.99, but because this publisher was able to talk with Amazon, they were able to make it a 99 cent book promotion. So oh. it doesn't affect his royalties, which is nice. So, you know, whatever it, he would normally get, it doesn't change that, but it's 99 cents right now. So far from devaluing our work as writers, um, going free for a limited time or putting your book on as a 99 cent book is kind of a win-win right now because we're able to share our work without profiting on the misfortune of others or appearing opportunistic. And your work is reaching a wider audience that it may not have been able to do without this kind of promotion. Right. So for example, with your books, what I would suggest is seeing if you're backlist books could maybe get put on a 99 cent promotion or anything, you know, a dollar 99, Have you heard of major publishers? Like mm -hmm. my, my backlist, I only have, I have three backlist books. One of them was yeah. last year and it's with the same publisher. And then my two other ones are with Penguin. Yeah. So um, I don't have any like with a small press or I don't have any that I have much control over. You think it's worth it matter. to to reduce the price? 
ask them, see if they'll do it. My other, one of my other authors is with um, one of the big five smaller imprints, but it's mm -hmm. still with the big five publisher. And they took her book 99 cents for two months. They're, they're yeah. just willing to do it. So you don't know till you ask, right? Yeah, that's so, true. My, so my two backlist books are, um, are, uh, they're about um, a virus, so. Oh my gosh, see, you know, like that would be so timely, right? Yeah. And then once, <laughs> once your are. book, yeah, once your book actually goes on sale, then um, I'm speaking mostly about Amazon because for, for mostly all authors, 80 to 90% of their sales are gonna come from Amazon. But, you know, in general, if, an, if a publisher is gonna take it 99 cents on one particular online retailer, they will do it across the board unless it's a specific promotion just for Amazon. Right. Like this one guy who has the Kindle deal, the ebook, mm -hmm. you know, book of the month or whatever, then it's just 99 cents there on Amazon. So, mm -hmm. and they're only doing ebooks. So keep in mind, this is not for print. This is just ebooks because the print books are not considered essential. So it can take months for a print book to get to somebody, whereas an ebook takes a few seconds. Right. And if you're traditionally published, you might or most likely have an agent. So I can definitely have my agent ask. That. Yes, absolutely. Um, another thing you can do right now is um, giveaways. Mm -hmm. So I have pretty much every author that I'm working with right now doing some sort of giveaway, whether it's, um, you know, if your book hasn't come out yet, you can do signed arcs, which are really a fun way to get your, you can even do that now, Shanta, mm -hmm. is you could send out signed copies of any or all of your books mm -hmm. um, along with, you know, a gift card of some sort. Um, right. <clears throat> one of my, authors is a PhD out of UVA and he is a Russian scholar and he has a book about Tolstoy mm -hmm. and so a lot of people are turning to Russian literature believe it or not um, for solace and, and wisdom and comfort right now right. so he's, his book is like War and Peace it's a very large mm -hmm. book and mm -hmm. um, but it's great and so he's offering signed copies of his book along with some Amazon gift cards. So that's like in, if you buy his book, then you can, nope. no, nope. just, just doing the giveaway. Just, yep. Just giveaways. But in return, what the, what the author gets are the various entry options that people have to do. The more entries you do, the more likely you are to uh, win because it's it's randomized so for example they follow I'm just going to use you as the example mm -hmm. they follow you on Twitter on Amazon on Pinterest on Instagram sign up for your newsletter these are all options they don't have to do these it's just right. the more they do the higher their you know um, what's the word their possibility is of they right. win right um, uh, they can visit, you can say, visit my Facebook page. You can't technically, what they call light gate. You can't say they must visit or like your page. You can't make, you know, make them do that. Um, and, you know, just little things like that. And then um, you can ask them to comment on one of your medium posts or one of your blog posts. And mm -hmm. so all these things 
you know, help you with visibility and connecting with people in, in different ways. And then it, it helps um, them, you know, increase the chances of possibly winning. And then also, um, you know, you're generous, you're giving away, it costs right. you to mail it, right? And you're giving away your books. Typically, there's a first, second, and third prize. Um, another one of my authors is giving away five um, audio books that of her um, her novel. <clears throat> excuse me, and it's read by uh, Robin Weigert, who was on Deadwood. Oh yeah, so, yeah. So um, that's pretty exciting, and her book has done very, very well. So you know, there's lots of different things you can give away. Um, so giveaways are really popular right now and it doesn't, it only costs you the cost of shipping or you could just give away ebook copies and then it's right. just, you know, those are easy, easy to do. Right. So I would definitely recommend doing those as well. And gift cards, you know, they're generous. People can use them towards anything on Amazon, not just books. Right. And you can give those away without having to ship them. Yes, you just go in and do it electronically. All you need is their email address. Very cool. And you can do a formal giveaway or you can do what's called a flash giveaway. So sometimes I'll just do something like, hey, um, the next five people that respond to what, I'll say something like, what is your biggest issue with book marketing? And I've written the 30 day book marketing challenge. Mm -hmm. So, I'll say um, the first five people who respond get a free ebook copy of my 30 day book marketing challenge. Right. And, you know, people respond like in 30 seconds or something. And mm -hmm. then I'll just say, please DM me your email. And it's a way to get, obviously people get, will follow you, but they also want the book because right. they're struggling. So, you know, I'm connecting with my audience and I'm providing something that they need. So you can just have fun with it. Yeah. Um, another thing you can do, it definitely takes coordination, is a Facebook launch party. Have you ever done one of those? I have not done one on Facebook. I've done a, um, like a blog tour type thing. Oh, totally different. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is a one-time thing. It's basically like if you were at somebody's home and they did a, like a lunch party for you and everybody right. would come and you'd have drinks and food. Okay. Well, you do this except for it's on Facebook. It's a live event. You invite people to come and pop in and visit and you chit chat and share memes or like you just have fun. Mm -hmm. And you can talk about a little bit about your book. You can share excerpts. And you basically, once you set up the event, um, you invite people. And you have the people that you've invited invite their people, etc. So that's how you grow reach and engagement is when people interact with you. Reach is when the people you've invited invite their people and they invite their people, et cetera. And it mm -hmm. grows exponentially. And you can hire someone to help you with this. Mm -hmm. I have a gal that I use. Um, I think for the whole thing, it's, I don't know, $50 or something, but she does all the administrative on it. She'll mm -hmm. set it all up for you and once you do one, then you understand. People are like, how do you do a virtual party? But it's, yeah. it's no different than like your Ninja Writers group, having everybody in there and interacting at a set time for a few hours. 
that's really what it is. But it, and they're just leaving text comments in the bottom of a blog of a of a post on Facebook. Yeah, it basically, yeah, has its own like page set up for the event. And then you can invite like other authors to host for maybe a half hour so that your, your followers get to know them, they get to know you. And like, you can have like, for example, you'd have me come and give away um, a couple copies of my book or people could win a gift card. Pardon? It's video. You can have video with it if you want to. Some people don't want to be on video, so not the guests. The guests are typically only there for text uh, typing, you know, oh, okay. chatting. But you and I, for example, could be you could do a Facebook Live Q and A, right? Or you could just do chatting. There's really it's whatever think- you want it to be. Sorry. I've never done a Facebook Live before. Is it? Oh yeah, it's easy. You just click live and on you go. It's just like what we're doing right here. But you can, I, well, I guess I have done Facebook Live, but I didn't realize you can do it with two people. Oh yeah, it just shows two talking heads. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's easy. So that's a really good option, and you can do that pretty much any time. I can put you in touch with my. Um, the assistant that helps me, Melissa, to mm-hmm. do those. And she's done so many for me and for my clients. And um, for people who are listening to the podcast, can you give her a name of her company or how to find her? Yeah, um, it's Melissa Flickinger, just like it sounds like Flick, <laughs> and then I-N-G-E-R. Uh-huh. And um, I, I think she just goes by Melissa Flickinger, virtual assistant, and then I will get you her email address. I don't Thank have you. it pulled up handy. She's great. Um, and then there are, you can certainly set up some kind of um, online, other online event or summit. I know a lot of people are setting up some kind of um you know, like women's summit or writing online summit. Lee mm-hmm. Shulman just did a, a three-day writing summit. So you would just join from the hours that you could be there. And it was like, like you and I are doing workshops mm-hmm. with people. It was just, here's the prompt for today. We're all writing together, you know, free write for a certain period of time. And then we'll get together and we'll discuss it and we'll workshop it. Oh. Some are free, some aren't, but you know, it, it depends on what your needs are. And some people are using, like everybody's using Zoom right now. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are doing them through Facebook Lives. Um, what I've set up is, is uh, Nano Promo, which is coming yeah. up, you know, in um, May. It's not a live event, but mm-hmm. we can talk about that another time if, if you want to. Um, but that's a way for writers to learn and get prizes and win consultations and all kinds of things to learn. And that's at your website, which is badredheadmedia.com, right? Yeah. And I'll be sharing more information about that. And you're participating. I am. Yeah. I'm even doing a giveaway. (laughs) Yay. I'm so excited. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, And then some other things, you know, if you, I recommend that if an author doesn't have a private group like you have right or any other kind of way to interact with people um to start a street team but i only suggest doing that if they already have a body of work behind them Mm -hmm. there are a number of people 
if they don't know, a street team is a way, it's a private group where you interact with your fans, your readers. So if you don't have any readers or fans, then why start a street team, right? right? Um, so I didn't start my own street team until I had already published four out of my six books. Mm -hmm. So I had people who were already asking me, how can I follow you? How can I interact with you? Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of thing. So I think it's really helpful if you've got that body of work to create a street team and have it be a place where people can interact with you, where you'll share more insidery kind of stuff that you may not share with the outside world. Right. Um, and it's also a great way to get beta readers and ARC readers for your book. So when your book does go live, they are going to leave reviews for you right away. Right. And that's really important as it's part of your marketing. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, all these things are easy to do. They're not that difficult. You can either look them up. Um, you can find out more information by coming to my website, badredheadmedia.com and clicking on the blog or articles. Mm -hmm. um, you can go to Medium. You can read a lot of the stuff that you write, Shanta, and mm -hmm. Google it. And then it's just a few more little minor things. Participate in Twitter chats. If you like Twitter, if you're on it, um, Twitter and YouTube are probably the most important channels people need to be on because those are the two that rank highest on the Google ranking factors for mm -hmm. SEO. So for search engine optimization, those are the two most important. And of course, blogging somewhere. Right. That's interesting. Um, um, I'm doing a, uh, I was trying, thinking and thinking like, what can I do? <laughs> what can I do? And, um, I, I'm doing like a uh, author talk for kids um, virtually okay. on Zoom, but I did not make it necessary to buy my book to get invited. So I'm not yeah. sure that it had much impact, but on my sales, but I still think it's going to be a lot of fun and we'll see what happens. But I, I thought, I, I wonder if you can talk a little bit about um, like, how you can expand on the um like if I do that author talk I can record it and I can put it on YouTube yes or I can get I can make uh write a blog post about it and share it on my blog you know what I mean like how you can take the marketing that you do and then get the most out of it yeah you, uh videos are great because you can do so much with them mm -hmm. so you definitely want to put it on YouTube mm -hmm. um because YouTube is owned by Google, right? So that's right. that's the, the, the top ranking factor there. Um, then you also want to take a thumbnail of that and put mm -hmm. that onto your own website because right. anything that you can do to bring fresh content to your own website is going to be ideal. Um, you just want to make sure you optimize that thumbnail, put the, the correct meta metadata in there because that's what Google's going to read. Mm -hmm. So on the back end, you want to put in your keywords and the title and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, you don't want to put the full video because that can slow down your, your site. So you just put what's called the thumbnail. And usually that'll be provided to you once the video is finished. So that should be easy enough for you to do. Then you can also share that on your social media streams. So whether that's Twitter or face, your Facebook page, um, 
Instagram, you'll have to share it in what they call a story because, or IGTV, because you can't share it on the, the main Instagram um, posts because it won't click. The hyperlink right. won't work. Um, and then Pinterest, you can share over there as well. So mm -hmm. I would definitely um, share on there and then you can make the most of that. And then you can share during um, like hashtag memes. Like I created Monday blogs mm -hmm. eight years ago, I guess. Um, and as long as it's a blog, then you can go ahead and share it and mm -hmm. use that hashtag. There are lots of hashtag memes that you can share. Right. Yeah. Other than yourself, because I love your, I love, and we will link to this when we release the podcast, but um, your book, it, your marketing book is the 30 day marketing challenge, mm -hmm. right? Which yeah. is a, a book about book marketing. And I'm curious if there are any other resources that you really love, any other books or marketing folks or resources, websites, whatever that you really um, think that people can learn a lot from? Oh, so many. Yeah. Um, I'll send you a, a blog post that I wrote of, um, a bunch of marketing books okay, that have you. helped me. Um, I really love Lee Shulman's book, which is um, about get not just writing down your goals, but how to work through them to completion. And it's called, called you know? the Writer's Roadmap. The Writer's Roadmap. Okay. Yeah, it's very helpful. Mm -hmm. um, anything by Seth Godin, I think, is really helpful too. He's yeah. such a he brainiac. Great. He has my one of my favorite um, newsletter email newsletters too. Yeah, he's so simple and to the point. Mm -hmm. And what I like about what he has to say is that I think a lot of writers forget. Like the second we think about our book is that, okay, we've written it and we published it and we're done. Mm -hmm. And we forget as readers that we don't like to be spammed. We don't like getting constant emails and links by this, by this, by this, by this. And then we become that person who mm -hmm. does that. And what I love about him and what I always remember is that he says, everyone is not your customer. Right. And as, as writers, we need to remember that. Right. And it's very important that we figure out who is our demographic yes. because not everyone is our demographic. And you know that, especially writing children's books. Or, right. or young adult. I do know, but also it's interesting to me when I talk, I talk to so many writers, like so many, it's my whole life. Mine too, yeah. yeah. And um, I, so maybe you, you run into this too, but people either assume that, like when I try to tell people like you have to be able, it's not, well, it is important when you're trying to sell a traditionally published book, but once it, the publisher will take care of them, the uh, like where on the bookshelf your book is going to go yeah but um when I talk to people about either trying to self-publish or query agents in the effort to buy sell a book to um traditionally they want to say everyone is their reader mm -hmm. people resist niching so bad so hard yes. and it's like um but so either they are like well you know, I, I don't want to call this, a, a, like I have a, a student right now who's writing a book and the main character is an animal <laughs> and it's got a very like 
guardians of Gahul type middle grade vibe to it. And, and she's like, well, I'm not sure because I, you know, I don't want to leave out adult readers. And I'm like, like children's books sometimes cross over. If it's a very literary middle grade book, adults will love it. Like adults love loved wonder you know mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. loved uh they loved like narnia or little women or whatever harry potter yeah uh, yeah it, they'll cross over if they're gonna cross over but in the meantime you have to know who your audience like your main like avatar reader is yeah for a book with a main character that's an animal your avatar reader is likely a 10 year old not you know a 40 year old so just like chances are <laughs> yeah watership down is you know an adult, adult book but it's very you know i don't think i can think of another single book with an a, a, an animal main character that's for adults yeah yeah <laughs> so it's okay like it's okay to know who your audience is and then other th- also though sometimes they want to narrow it down so much that that it's like they have maybe three readers ever <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot. It's go one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, I get a lot of authors who say, well, I just want, I don't want to be categorized. I want to be in my own category. Yeah. And I get that completely. However, Amazon will not. <laughs> right. And, and the reader will not find you because, no. um, like, this is what I, t- I tell my students all the time, that if you're a writer, you're a marketer, period. Like, there's no, unless you're writing in your journal, and you don't care if anyone ever finds your work. But if you want readers, you have to be a marketer. You have to. You have to learn how to do it. Well, to, that's what, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you have to, that starts with figuring out who your audience is. Well, one of the few things um, that really drew me to you on Medium before we ever met Mm -hmm. was we were one of the few people who said, writing is not publishing. Writing is just one, it's a huge part. Yeah. Not a small part. You have to write a great book. However, that's not it. And that's really what most writers think. And you don't even have to have a great book if it's a compelling book. Yes. (laughs) Because we all can think of books that are runaway bestsellers that aren't particularly high, high literature, you know? Sure. Absolutely. But the story is good and it's compelling and that's um, like, there's no, you can say whatever you want about those particular books, but um, bazillion readers don't lie. Like, they are compelling for one reason or the other. Yeah, exactly. So I think overall the, the message is, um, you know, from me today for you is, mm-hmm. or anybody else in this situation is there's, there's definitely a lot of things you can do. I think if your goal is to make a huge amount of money right now, then, you know, take a seat because yeah. that's just not going to happen. But if you can, be out there and not be opportunistic and be generous and interact with people and build relationships like always, but maybe even more so right now, then that's what you need to do. And it takes work, you know, might be a good time. I wonder if you think so, like a good time to focus on building, um, like your presence versus actual sales. And, um, 
Yes. Those of us who are traditionally published, who had a book come out in the last, say, 30 days, mm-hmm. we, we didn't, like, I, I didn't have a choice. I couldn't decide like your client did to just, I can't do this right now. Like, mm-hmm. um, it, that was my release date. It's been my release date for almost two years. <laughs> so, um, you know, coronavirus or no coronavirus, it was coming out the, on March 24th, no matter yeah no matter what, it was just like, here it comes. And um, so I, one thing I'm trying to do, or I, or I find myself in this, having that still that same mindset of, well, I just like can't deal with this now. Like I can't even, it's so awful and big. Yeah. Um, that I can't even think about it. And so I want to just be like, well, just write, chalk that book off, (laughs) Mm -hmm. write the next one, because that, this one, um, uh, this one just like, nope, it did not, you know, I mean, I've, it's a middle grade book. All the schools are closed. All the bookstores are closed. Amazon is not pushing books. Like, (laughs) the whole machine to sell my book like ground to a complete halt and so it's it's tempting and my brain keeps going there like to just say you know oh well there's nothing I can do about this and so I'm not going to do anything about it but I'm trying what I'm trying to do is think about like those readers and their parents and teachers and even librarians or whoever they're still out there and yeah. so, you know, they're still there and they're still, and a lot of those parents are now having to teach their kids in a, a way that they have not maybe done in the past. And, and if you don't write children's books, like romance readers are, they're still out there and mystery readers are still out there and big Russian book readers, they're still, you know what I mean? Well, they're yeah. all still out there and maybe they have more time on their hands than they used to. So if you can think about, like, put yourself in their shoes, like, where are they hanging out online and how can you reach them? And it's hard to do because it's where writers often are very introverted and they don't, you know, it's hard to market yourself. You don't want to do it. I I feel you and everyone who's listening to this, who doesn't want to do it because um, I'm giving advice right now that like, I have not done yet taken yeah no I get that like I think well I have this idea of doing an author talk and there's no probably thousands of impromptu parent groups popping up on Facebook or online everywhere right now with middle grade kids you know 10 to 12 8 to 12 year old reader you know children who would love to have an author talk and how do I, you know, so then my job is to figure out how do I reach those people when I, you know, it's so tempting to just say all the traditional things, all those conferences and all of those book things that my publisher was supposed to go to and all of everything is closed down. So I'm going to close down to you. And so, yeah, I wonder if you have any advice on how to reach your reader like right now when your traditional methods of doing that are closed? Well, as you were talking, I was thinking of like three different things. One is um, Pinterest is huge for educators mm. and homeschooling oh, yeah. parents. So I would look up, um, you know, 
you can search on hashtags and mm -hmm. Pinterest is like the fourth largest search engine, I think right now in the world behind mm -hmm. Google and YouTube. And I forget what the third one is maybe. I thought um, it was third. And maybe it is third now. I can't remember. Last time I checked, I think it was fourth. But anyway, oh. um, so search under those types of middle grade mm -hmm. fiction or uh, homeschooling or books for middle schoolers or yeah, and not middle schoolers, um, middle grade. Mm -hmm. And so I would definitely look there. It's huge. Mm -hmm. um, and it, the demographic is primarily women. So, mm -hmm. you know, of childbearing age. So yeah. that's who you want to target right also look up book clubs because okay. if there's um romance landia is one of the hashtags that they use um so not necessarily the peop the women primarily women not all women there are guys who are also part of that but they'll use that hashtag on twitter facebook Instagram is especially big for that as well as Pinterest and you could find those authors who I'm sorry those readers who are using that hashtag and you could see um, and just put some feelers out if any of them are um, homeschooling and have book clubs or you know would like you to just read your book to right. yeah because a lot of authors are doing readings of kids books Mm -hmm. So that's something you can look into. And then also on YouTube, you've got BookTube and AuthorTube. So you just use that hashtag. BookTube is about books, obviously. And AuthorTube is more about the writing and craft of writing. So that's one place where once you asked, you asked me before about sharing your right. YouTube videos, you could use that hashtag AuthorTube. But you could also look up and see if you can get some interviews about your book. And that's something you could have an assistant do mm -hmm. for you. And then book you into some of those places. And then that would be a great way to get your book out there, even if you're just reading an excerpt from your book. Right. And even the idea of those um, author visits, I think for children's book authors, that's it. I feels like a great idea. I know when I was a kid, an author um, came to my school when I was in the sixth grade and it made a huge impact on me. Yeah. Um, so I think those author visits and I think about those sixth graders that are out there now and they're just not going to have that. Yeah. Or who knows when. <laughs> I mean, the world is such a weird, crazy place right now. That it, it is. It is. Yeah. Do you have any last um, advice or words or anything? Well, I do get from a lot of people that they're introverts and so it's very difficult for them to market and I'm an introvert mm -hmm. and I spent almost 20 years do doing a corporate job in sales mm -hmm. and it was not comfortable for me. I, I did very well at it and the, the reason that I feel that I did very well with it was because I focused on the relationships. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I've taken over to my own business and also being an author is focus on the relationships, you know, spamming a bunch of links and saying, buy my book is really just desperation and it yeah, doesn't work. It's not the conversion good. rate is very, very low. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work. So, you know, even if you are um, an introvert as I am, it takes a little while to become comfortable on video 
and to focus on your words. And I've done that for a while now, so I'm not uncomfortable doing it. But I also have an idea right before we went on, I, I left Shanta a PM and I said, so what are we talking about again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as long as I know what I'm talking about, then yeah. I'm fine. And I think for anybody who is looking to do more with their books right now, focus on, on the content and just remember that it's not always just about you. We're all having to deal with this craziness right now. Right. So think bigger picture. Yeah. I, I have one last piece of advice that for anyone who has an email list. And first of all, if you don't have an email list, I think that should be like what you're spending your quarantine time focusing on starting. I think email lists are essential. Mm -hmm. They're super important. But if you do have an email list, my huge advice to you is to not, first of all, don't wait to use it until you have a book to sell. So don't like, like get people, the worst mistake that people make with their email list is they get people on there and then they don't know what to say to them. Yeah. So they don't ever say anything. And then all of a sudden these people who have forgotten who you are, who don't, have never like they're not going to remember your name or why they ever signed up for your list in the first place like six months or a year later they get an email and it's like buy my book buy my book and yeah yeah no um you're you're gonna uh your list is going to fall like collapse under that um so use your list talk remember that these are your like people who are willing to give you their email address it's like they're willing to give you like a piece of themselves they're letting you into their lives. And that means that they're your fans. They care about you and what you're doing, at least in the moment that they give you your email address. So cultivate those relationships, really, um, really um, nurture them because they matter a lot. And also there at no point should you just be like, Hey, I'm writing an email or I wrote a book, go buy it. Like that's not what your point is ever is not direct sales. In my opinion, lots of people use them that way, but it's the worst way to use your email list. Mm -hmm. What you need to remember is that your email list is full of actual human beings who, um, if you ask them, can you help me? Like, can you, you know, I have the, like, I, if I re I have reached out to my email list and said, um, you know, I have this children's book that just came out. Are you a teacher? Do you know a teacher? Um, you know, how can I reach your kids? And then like 40 people got back to me That's and so like, great. Oh, yeah, I would love to do that. So, you know, and then someone else had an idea, like, um, you know, my high school kid might really like to take a class on how to write a novel. So that's in the works. And, um, if you make your people who have let you know, like literally they're like, please email me. They've mm -hmm. given you their email address. That means they're asking you to email them. So don't feel bad about doing it. You're not harassing them. You're not spamming them. You are doing what they've asked you to do. Yeah. Of course it's up to you then to actually not harass and spam them. So don't, you know, but also don't go the other way and just never email them. Right. Don't yeah. wait months after someone gets on your list. And then the first thing you send them is a sales pitch. Like, uh, that's not going to ever work. I don't know yeah. in your, in your experience, but in my experience, it's a no, no, no. Yeah. You need to talk to them and offer them your advice and offer them your, what you have to offer them. And then sometimes I talk to fiction writers and they're like, well, I don't know what to send them, but just 
talk to them, talk to them about how, whatever, somehow they got on your list. That means you've at one point talked to them about something, talk to them about that some more, send them links to stuff that you didn't write, send them, you know, whatever, just like, Hey, this is really interesting. Regular old plain text emails that do not look slick or, or, um, I don't know, overproduced or mm -hmm. over graphic artisty or whatever right. just a regular yeah. plain text email like hey i thought you might be interested in this and send it to them it really works very very well in my opinion, experience yeah. and um and it's okay if it, if like they got on your list and you haven't finished your book yet and it's going to be another year like it's okay that's the point here is you're cultivating that relationship and even if they don't read what you write or whatever they're going to know someone everybody knows someone everybody yeah. knows lots of people so, um, that, that's my best advice is, is your email list is your lifeline. So my email list is, is that's what it's still open, even though bookstores are closed and e and, um, I haven't like this, this conversation really helped me because I realized that I've done what your, what your client has done and kind of internally shut down and said, well, I can't do all the stuff that I'm supposed to do. So I'm just not going to do much of anything and focus on all kinds of other stuff instead. So mm -hmm. this week I'm making a goal for myself to see if I can think about where those readers are right now yeah. and how I can reach them in a more non-traditional way. It's helpful too. If you, um, if you have an assistant, if you're at that point, um, who can look up book clubs for you, research the appropriate book mm -hmm. clubs or go on YouTube. And if you don't, that's okay. Set aside, you know, a half hour every day to do a little bit of research to find out what. And also if you're you. not doing other marketing and traveling to conferences and stuff, mm -hmm. you have a little money. It doesn't cost too, too much to hire an assistant, even a virtual no. assistant, even uh, for doesn't. a few hours a month or whatever to help you with that. Exactly. Um, I actually, um, I have to delegate quite a bit of what I do because I have not only my writing business, but also my um, consulting business. So mm -hmm. I have a writing assistant and a consulting assistant. Mm -hmm. And so I have to delegate otherwise, and I'm a single mom of two. And I mean, mm -hmm. if I didn't delegate stuff, I would lose my mind. So mm -hmm. um, I had to basically get out of my own way. And that's one of the things that I tell a lot of writers too, is, you know, if you're willing to get delivery, you know, take out delivery every night or, you know, go to Starbucks every day, you can afford to hire an assistant. Mm -hmm. So, or, you know, use something like Hootsuite or buffer to schedule in or even some of your stuff. or something, something, but you know, there, but it really isn't that expensive. I mean, you often virtual assistants were like, you know, you, you buy the like certain number of hours every month. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, typically most of them, yeah, would be somewhere between, yeah, most of them are around $20 an hour. So yeah. even if you only paid for two hours, right. that would probably take care of them scheduling almost all of your social media in for the month, which right. I don't believe in having just um, automated social media, but having some so that right. you have time to write and that alleviates you having to sit there and typing stuff in all the time. Right. So, yeah. So I think, yeah, you know, some of it's be, especially if you find one that has some experience with book marketing, that can be really useful because I think a yeah. lot of times people think about book marketing and it seems so outside of their comfort zone and 
nothing that they've ever learned how to do. Right. Because, um, yeah. Get the help if you need it. They often don't know how to do it. Yeah. And so they, instead of trying to do some of it, they just do none of it. Mm-hmm. And so lots of times, I don't know about you, but I have lots of students who um, write a book, they figure out, and it takes them forever sometimes, but they do mm-hmm. figure out how to get it up on Kindle mm-hmm. and then they just put it on Kindle and like watch their stats and like cross their fingers and hope. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it, and that doesn't not how that works. Yeah, I always say hope is not a marketing plan. No, crossing <laughs> your fingers either. Yeah, yeah, work and on even but in like because there's so many rules. I'm not self-published, and one of the reasons why is because I think I look at the pacing that fiction writers that are self-published how fast they write, and I'm like, oh man, never mind. I yeah. could never do that. I couldn't either. I mean, it's been but years since I sometimes. Well, I published my my 30 day challenge. Uh, challenge update in December. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did another one in 2018 and then I published my SEO book, but my broken books, mm-hmm. I did broken, um, pieces and then places. I haven't done the broken people, the third part. Um, it's going to be like three or four years between those two because so much has happened in my life. Yeah. I just haven't been if able you're to writing fiction. Like they want, I mean, you're supposed to, release a book like every I don't know three weeks or something. It's, it's <laughs> it like blows my mind it's yeah. it's a totally different world out there it's so crazy yeah, yeah I couldn't do that so yeah I would just say you know focus on research create a plan work the plan mm-hmm. and um you know I, I, I did lower the price of my, all my books to two ninety nine or 99 cents so that they're very affordable for people right now. Yeah. I mean, we're definitely going to link, especially to your um, marketing book. Cause it's very, very good. Oh, good. Thank and, you. And um, Well, all your books are very, very good, but that Thank one particularly <laughs> is pertinent to this conversation. Yes, absolutely. And, um, Okay, so I'm going to say thank you for being here, and thank thank you you guys for listening, and this was really fun. Good. Yay. (laughs) Thanks so much.